It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy, Connacht 23, Montpellier 20. On this week's show, you're going to hear William and Alan in the game. You're going to hear from Dave Finn, Niall Shield. You're going to hear from Malamash, Galen Blade and Andy Friend. Hi, Niall. Hey, Robbo. Hi, Alan. Hi, Rob. And hello, Dave. Salut. You've heard their surnames in my intro. Uh, before we get to the in-game, first thoughts. Dave. That was... It's very hard to describe that. I think to say that superseded any level of expectation is an understatement. Um, over the course of the week, there's been a, a, a hint of pessimism from some people. When we see the, the team, you're thinking, oh God, Tom Farrell's out injured. And then we heard the rumours yesterday, and then it was confirmed this morning, that Jared and Nihi and Matt were out, and guys were coming in, and none of the, start, none of the, the back row that was named was in the positions they were named in. And then they go out and they beat a very, 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 very big team. 23-20, because, you know, why not go seven points down after a minute? This is comic. Programming note, if you think there's a young people's climate change protest going outside, it's not that. It's actually uh, it was a protest, though. They're demanding to see Bundyaki, and that's the chance. We're very patient, actually. They've been doing this for about 15 minutes now, where they're waiting for Bundy to come out after he's changed. Uh, How good was Bundyaki? Ah, uh, he was superb. There was, it was, it's very hard to pick out anyone who didn't play well. Uh, there was guys like Bundy. I thought Robin Copeland had his best game for us. I thought Dom Daly had his best game for us. I thought Robertson McCoy was fantastic. Yeah, super yeah. carries throughout the game. You know, guys stood up. They needed to stand up, and they did. Interesting. No, first thoughts. First thoughts. I think Jimmy Duffy is an absolute genius. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm Mr. Like God. It. No, I. I Actually, so. But go on. I'm not. I don't want to take from the players or anything. I, um, but the uh, the plan they put in place for that Montpellier pack so I was massively impressed with our defence of their mall start there I just really, it was a lesson in how when a team is stronger than you not to give away penalties and to contain unbelievable mall defence the way they hit in twos they hit at angles in the mall they just come late. I see the All Blacks doing it uh, when they defend the mall it was very similar to that um, the line out for all running off certain um, you know they were probably thought there were certain guys who were going to play and then when they didn't the other guys that come in, just their their malt, they moved their line out around. They were big and heavy. They weren't able to cope with the Connacht line out. It was an amazing forward pack performance. Amazing pack performance. And I have to say, Robin Copeland, Copeland, I thought I thought he was man the match for me. Came up with massive plays when they were needed. Especially uh, in the second half. Yeah. Just came into his own. Carried heavy. Um, Look, I don't think Maximo was playing very poorly. That said, it was a statement of how well the back row were playing that when Masterson was to come on, they said, no, we're not touching that back row. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, amazing performance. Okay, you re- you watched the game here or at home. You may have listened to it on Goy FM, whatever you did. Now relive it through the little bits of clips from us and the clips from Alan and William in the crowd. After that, we'll go straight to the post-game audio, starting with Caelan Blade and followed by Andy Friend, then back here in the turf. First chance to get something on the scoreboard. They'll tell me behind the post if it's good, and it is Jack Carty. And he missed touch on a penalty in the early stages, but it hasn't rattled him. As we always know with Jack Carty, he can make mistakes, but he can come right back into a game pretty quickly. As important three points, Comic 3, Montpellier 7. OK, William, just coming up to 20 minutes, and Montpellier leads 7 points to 3. Yeah, it's been a reasonable start, I suppose, by both sides. It's a lot of little errors by Connick. They've had some good possession. It's not been paid at much of a pace. We're now two minutes into a scrum here just outside the Connick 22. But uh, Connick have dealt with the physicality pretty well. Bit of a soft try early on, but uh, they regrouped and they've come through from that. And Jack Carty took the point. So, yeah, they're doing all right at the moment. 
Okay, we'll talk again at halftime. Tom McCartney's waiting at the base for a pick and go with a couple of forwards with him. Robin, uh, Robin Copeland is the man who helps drive him on underneath the poster about seven metres out. Delan again, a little bit too high into the contact. Good protection from Maximo. Good line taken from Tom Daly. Spins into the contact. Five metres from the line. Quick ball might do it. Have they the numbers? Blade tries to go himself. Really strong from Caelan Blade. He's almost over the line. He's been driven over the line. He's just an inch short. This is really promising. Seven down. Half time approaching. Connector over. Oh, that's that's impressive all from the base of a scrum and it was in the end I think Paul Boyle who just picked up the ball at the base of the rook and drove over the line what an answer to a lot of pressure from Montpellier they're within two to throw towards the middle oh just about won by Paul Boyle almost Montpellier hands on it can they transfer it back and then drive forward Connacht with the extra man half time additional time so to speak will play until there's a stoppage but if there's a penalty we'll keep going Connacht are driving towards the Montpellier line trailing by two looking to make this count now they're going over they have scored what a finish to this half from Connacht Tom McCartney at the back of the mall massive turnaround and they now lead by three with a conversion to come okay William much better buzzier crowd now the half time score is Connacht 13 Montpellier 10 they've switched off yeah it's they have a coach on the sideline, I don't know who he is, who's been screaming at them for the last 20 minutes in French, talking about patience and control, I think. Um, and they have switched off and Connacht have climbed in. Thank you very much. Quite bizarre. They Montpellier were controlling the game. Aaron Crudden was running the game. And Connacht have said thanks very much. They've got a yellow card for the first 10 minutes of the second half. They're in the lead. The win might make kicking a little bit easier. It's game on now. It's certainly a half of two halves. Certainly was. And it's Montpellier have a yellow card in the second half. <laughs> yeah, we better get that right. Yeah, we better get that right. Yeah, we'll talk again on 60 minutes. Montpellier all offside trying to put the pressure on. The wind picks up. Blade has it now. He maybe gets through the contact. He does. Caleb Blade has gone over. He had no right to get over. Connick's third try and they're back in front. 60 minutes. Connacht now lead 20 points to 13. It's going well. Yeah, it's going well, all right. It's, uh, Connacht have stood up well in the second half, scored a nice trial, try by um, Caelan Blade. Uh, Montpellier have really gone to a physical game now. There's very little passing. They're just trying to drive it down the middle. They've cleared their bench a little bit, but they still don't look fully switched on. They're not back where they were in the first 20 minutes. They're, they're still a little bit off. Our coach on the sideline is still shouting and roaring at them, so uh, he's trying to keep them in the game. Connick probably just need the next score to uh, tighten this up a little bit, but they're doing well. We'll talk again on full time. Connor Fitzgerald, good story for the start of the season, coming into the Connick side, given the out-half role, and he's taken it. 22 years of age, wearing 22 on his jersey, left-hand side of the field, 50 in from the right touchline with the left foot. The man from Limerick has put it right between the post and Connick lead by 23 points to 20. Yeah, considering the injuries and the way this game's set up, 
really good performance from where they were. They really needed that. They needed to stand up today because, look, that's that's a makeshift team. It's a team that's held together with stick and plaster. They talk about their squad. Well, they can turn around now and say, look at our squad. They've done their job. It was a tough physical game. I think they just knocked Montpellier out of their stride. They got the game played at the pace that Connacht wanted to play it at, which is absolutely key when you're playing a French team. And they've got the Champions Cup off to a great, great play. They certainly have. OK, next question here will be Rob Murphy. Andy Friend, uh, another great night at the sports ground, as I said to Caelan Blade. Uh, great afternoon, I should say, of course, and uh, a huge win, a really emotional win and a massive start to the competition. Yeah, um, a really good bounce back from last week and first week in European Cup and uh, nice to get the win. Talk me through what your thought process was before the game and during the week because there's been a lot of blows in terms of injuries and they continued this week. How did that affect your own confidence in what you could achieve today? It actually um, it, it didn't change it, honestly. And I said this to the team just before kickoff. We went in there and we said, listen, there's another change. Uh, our captain's out. Um, so Robin Copeland comes into eight. Colby moved to seven. Now Paul Boyle will go to six. And Tom McCartney will be our our captain, Joe Maximil, onto the bench. Um, and you know what, fellas, maybe it's an Aussie thing, I don't know, but it, I reckon you get those challenges and, and you like, I quite like them. You think, well, everything's stacked against us now, but let's go out and show what we've got. And, and we did. And uh, I'm really, really proud of the effort out there, especially after 90 seconds, you're down 7-0 and you're thinking, this is interesting. Um, but we, we fought our way through it and uh, managed to hold on to the end. It was a game that had a lot of elements to it. There was ups and downs. I mean, the breakdown in the first half, Connacht were under a lot of pressure, for example. Were there moments where you were very frustrated with things that were going wrong from your perspective? Yeah, I thought we didn't adjust. Like, any time they got a breakdown in the 15-metre channel, you could see them flooding that. And we, I didn't think we carried as hard as we needed to do back into some of those. And, and I thought we weren't quick enough to adjust to that. Um, so that was frustrating. The other frustrating thing, I, I just thought we, we left opportunities out there in the first half. You know, as good as they started... Uh, we created opportunities and we uh, we just didn't take them. So, you know, we talked at halftime about tempo was our theme, but that doesn't mean be loose. And we didn't have composure when we needed it. Um, at, the de- at the death there, the last five minutes of the first half, yeah, we got those, those two scores, which was good for us. But uh, I thought the way we rallied there in the second half was much better. Yeah, there's a marked improvement in composure because kind of controlled the game once they got ahead and barred that one break that really did turn the game back in Montpellier's favour. It was a really strong second half display. Yeah, I thought it was. And I also thought you know, we, we opened up opportunities for them. We just didn't, didn't get our spacing right in defence and we didn't get our, our fold right. So um, they were good enough to see that in the first half and, and second half we tightened that up and I, I thought... Uh, it was very, very physical, as, as we saw, big physical men, but our blokes didn't stop. They kept putting their bodies in front and managed to get three or four turnovers too from the breakdown, which was great. Like any coach, you don't want to over-plan what you're trying to do in this competition or any competition. Having said that, you must be well aware that winning that first home game, it makes Connacht more than just competitive in, in their pool. Yeah, it does. I, I heard an interesting um, comment made. I watched all the games over the weekend, but um, the commentator said you, if you lose your first game and it's at home, no one's ever got out or ne- no, no, no one's ever gotten to the quarterfinal, so I was very aware of that. Um, 
so we're not that, you know, we haven't lost our first game at home, which is good. And we'll see what next week and the, and the remainder of the competition brings. The Kings in two weeks here and uh, tough games against Gloucester and all those interpros then. So how do you manage this to lose game next week? Which admittedly most people will say it's the one game that if you lose, it'll probably be the least problematic one to lose if you know where I'm coming from. Yeah, we'll have a look at the injury front tomorrow. We've only got a six-day turnaround. We've got to get to France too. And unlike most teams, we don't charter flights. So we'll be leaving on Thursday afternoon, catching a flight Friday morning getting there in the afternoon. It was interesting. I bumped into a Munster man this morning who was over in the Ospreys and he was having a coffee at Nocknakara coffee shop at 9.30 in the morning. I'm thinking we wouldn't get back until 6 o'clock in the evening. So, um, you know, we don't have the luxury of doing that. But in a weird way, that, uh, it actually, that's what builds this team. You know, we've got, we've, it, make, it makes you have character. You've got to have character. You've got to get on with things. And, and when things don't go your way, like injuries leading up to a game, it doesn't bother you. So we'll be right. We'll um, so we'll see what fronts up on Tuesday, uh, and I know the th- the twenty three men that we picked to go over to Toulouse will will have a, a red hot crack at them. Caelan Blade, what a day! One of those special Connacht rugby moments at the sports ground, and it's a brilliant start to the Champions Cup campaign. Yeah, look, delighted. Um, especially I know it's a new competition, but after last week and the way the lads bounce back and when our backs against the wall after a few lads dropping out and stuff, but shows the character of this team and. I think we're, we're a tough team at home in the Champions Cup. Yeah, the narrative kind of switched from a really good momentum going into the Leinster game to all of a sudden Connick being maybe even underdogs in this game. But how did you deal with that week in terms of the disappointment of what happened in Leinster and to bounce back as well as you've done here? Um, we just didn't dwell on it. Um, I think we had a pretty honest and truthful review on a Tuesday and I suppose things were questioned and heart was questioned and... I've been involved in Connacht for a long time and Hart shouldn't be questioned in, in, a, in a team and I think, look, I don't know what it looked like but it felt like a different team out there. It? it was an incredible battle, uh, that's the way it looked. Obviously, you know, in early stages of the game they looked well on top, 10-3, they almost got a try to put for a forward pass, may, maybe even have stretched that lead and then the game turned before half-time. How, how did you see that and what do you think was the key to turning it around? Um, I kind of think of it a different way. I think we had more chances. Um, we let a soft try in at the start but I think... I think we threw about three or four 50-50s that it went to hand. We could have scored, so we weren't panicking. We, we, weren't, um, we just spoke at half-time that maybe holding 50-50s and, and build phases and build pressure, and that's what we did in the second half. And we're back on the terrace. Oh, hang on, looks like Bundyaki's here. <laughs> Protest over. Montpellier, disappointed because I think they came here with a few injuries of their own, from what we hear, and yet nearly did the perfect game plan they managed to sin bin really well after half time when they got back to 13 all I think they might have been thinking this one's there for the taking yeah but Connacht did score a try in the sin bin which is something they've struggled with for years and this season they seem to have fixed which is great what I loved about it Dave was like just at half time I literally was saying in the commentary Connacht just want to secure this scrum kick it out and they'll be happy enough with that they get a penalty and sure enough it set up that one big play that led to the yellow card the yellow card is the strangest yellow card it's the first time I've ever seen a guy get yellow carded for making a tackle of a guy in the air who's about three about and six inches it, off the ground because well, films have read the line out so well Fyinga had to jump yeah. and it was because he was there it was kind of funny it doesn't make the yellow card wrong but no. it is kind of a quirky one because Fyinga was only jumping to avoid the tackle that he didn't have. so yeah it was, a, it was but, but more importantly what Willems have it was meant they were down a lot of bulk because when it, Vince oh, of eventually some loss. Yeah. yeah, he's a huge loss. Now they brought on uh, one of the five thousand Duplessis they appeared to have. Yeah. Um, it's like playing one the, of those uh, way, junior, no. small junior clubs in the, <laughs> the All Ireland. It's like oh, the whole Duplessis family are there. So it's like the Meehans from Caltra. But they they couldn't bring him on obviously for ten minutes. So they were down a lot of bulk, and then you see Armall, which you're thinking we mauled them over. <laughs> it's true. 
And we got a first try was from a lot of pick and goes in close driving and powering our way over as that. So the first two tries are, are tries you would have expected them to get. Their two tries, their first try and their third try is spreading the ball around and cutting lines were tries you'd expect us to get. So it was a complete inverse game. Um, I think what is what is what is fantastic about that is that, remember a lot of these guys wouldn't have known they were starting until at the earliest maybe Thursday at the absolute earliest Copeland would have known he was starting until this morning when things go against you first minute try and then you get back pegged back to 13 all and you get pegged back to 20 all you expect at some point somebody's head dropped no head dropped they just went screw it we'll go and do something big again and they did every time and that's a great sign that's a team that was picked up by Andy Friend in the press conference I want to get back to that first try from Paul Boyle that carry from Caelan Blade I always lately I've been looking at these kind of pick and go tries there's always one carry somewhere along the way that's key to getting that go for it ball that leads to what Boyle was able to do and Blade did it the little man I don't think they expected him to have so much power time and time again opponents kind of underestimate what Blade is True enough. Actually, uh, Caelan and Kieran Marmion, the the same. The, the power they generate in uh, tackles, I see them stopping big guys like all 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 the time. Um, but on that try, they were just they went simple. They went around the corner with uh, and around the outside shoulder, like right around two people, two men every time, and they made a bit of ground, a bit of ground every time, and they they shoved back the defensive line every single time they did it. it they, they concocted a game plan. It's clear as day to me that they concocted a game plan and they just worked it to a T. Because the, even the mall, the change the, the direction of that mall, I'd say it was really difficult to to defend the change direction of that mall three or four times in in the one thing. And then when they got the momentum, they just they just kept pumping the legs and they went over. That was it was a fabulous mall try. Lindy McKenzie has been a busy bee in the post-game press conference. She's just joined us. We want to get your initial thoughts. We've only really got into the meat and drink of this big, big win. But the one thing that we've been emphasising, it was, a, as Niall has just said there, a masterclass in tactical structure, control in the second half, and dealing with, like, what I would say is eight absolute frontline players missing and getting a huge win. Yeah, I was kind of surprised at press conference this week. Andy Friend said he backed his maul and he backed his scrum. And I was kind of scratching my head thinking, mm, this is going to be interesting with the amount of uh, injuries that you have. And obviously it comes down to technique, not necessarily just bulk. Mm. And obviously there's a lot of work being done there and it came to fruition, to fruition today. But they believe in themselves and even when Andy Friend was talking today in the press conference and talking about going to, to France you know, to Toulouse next week's t- next week about the the bond that they've had for those days out travelling. That they actually like going travelling now. It's not something they fear because it gives them time to bond as a group and to get to know each other. And I think that's what we see out there today. We see a team that believes in each other, which is really important, believes in the person standing next to them, and yes, they're not the biggest, they're, you know, they're, they're, they don't have, as I say, they're not huge internationals, but they believe in themselves. No, and I was really interested and you were in the press conference there, I, I, the note about, we're one of the few teams that don't have chartered flights. It's every so often Andy Friend can just throw in a little nugget to wake people up to the challenges that are here, without ever sounding like he's kind of moaning. Oh yeah, well, if we're province for the south, um, the, there'd be two World Cup winners or something arriving here next week. Uh, probably on. Problem, yeah. Oh yeah, probably on Monday, but that that doesn't. Depends on flight. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe Sunday. Yeah, that doesn't happen here. So, yeah. um, or anywhere else. That just it seems to be the case. So, 
uh, I love his I love his attitude. He's I love the way he leads the the whole thing here. He's um you know he's says it says what the problem is, but says you know we have to deal with it um because you know we're not going to get any help. No, there's rumblings that there's going to be uh, fellas coming here over the next couple of weeks, but hopefully that gets sorted soon um, because it's it's a full-on crisis uh, notwithstanding that win now and how brilliant it was there's a full-on crisis of bodies here and o- more players are going to get injured because they're going to have to play guys that are injured and it's going to it's going to get worse like and this is this is how injuries breed so it's down it's the down the tracks problem it's 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 you see people might think oh even they could even be competitive in Toulouse and they might beat the Kings and they might even do well against Gloucester but by the time you get to Christmas it's the cumulative effect you could be looking at whatever team goes to Ravenhill for example could be absolute bare bones. It could because if you look we're talking about Joe Maximu who I thought played very well today but he was on the bench. He started on the bench because it's Killian Gallagher who looks like he's got some sort of shoulder or arm problem because he's going around in a sling at the end. So, yeah, we definitely need some sort of help. Like our next two guys are the two lads who are playing for the Eagles in Cormac Daly and um, Murray, Niall Murray. Um, <laughs> Apparently it's Murray. So, yeah, you need to look after these guys. It's a very physical game. There's an awful lot of huge hits out there today and then they're going to go to Toulouse and have to go through it all again against uh, you know, the Toulouse side that absolutely monstered Gloucester at the weekend. They just monstered them and, and you know, we thought that Montpellier were a big side. <laughs> Wait till we get to Toulouse. I was thinking, what would I want as a fan right now? I'd want to just absolutely... To dive into a beer, yeah, good point. But like, I want to just really just salivate in this victory for a little while. So let's finish the podcast this week by not thinking too much more about the injury crisis, not thinking too much more about the challenges of this group, and just enjoy the fact, A, as Andy Friend said, you never get out of your pool if you don't win your first home game. Done that, in the mix, that's all we want to be. If we can get there towards January, that'd be brilliant. But the other element I, w- I want to focus on is just so many positive little nuggets in this. Connor Fitzgerald, start with him, coming off the bench, all those starts of the start of the season, and there he is, controlling to the finish a victory in the Champions Cup yeah that f- you, you know he's playing with confidence when he throws that pass that pass was absolutely insane if it was half an inch lower the little the little winger on the far side was gone and we knew he was quick but he got it spot on he then gets a penalty it's on his wrong side into what was probably a stiffer breeze than we gave it credit for and he nailed it and then he just kicked it and kicked it and, and he cleared all the penalties I mean I can't tell you how straight as a die that kick was. It was glorious. It was, I mean, Connor Fitz, for a lad who, who we basically we picked up halfway through, halfway through last season. He was a bit, he, this time last year, he wasn't even playing with the Eagles. Um, just if you give these guys, I mean, it, it is the it is the other the, the the positive, the silver lining on the cloud is that you have to trust these guys. Right, players are out for World Cups or injuries, and then somebody like Connor Fitzgerald goes, right, it's my jersey, and. There's no guarantee Jack is going to start some of these games because Connor's playing, you'll have to argue right now, on form. Connor is more in form. Well, that's one thing, but the other thing is Jack is going to have to be rested. Tom Daly did well, didn't play that well against the Scarlets. Tony was, was better today. I mean, he missed a tackle that's going to <laughs> wreck his head, but uh, he was good in other ways. I thought he was excellent. I thought, you know, I thought, yeah, yeah, I thought he was, he was very good. They, they, it looked a little, little bit hairy at the start of the game, but himself and Bundy managed to get the communication sorted, and, and after that initial threat, Montpellier didn't look as though they were going to score out wide anymore. What I liked about that, I like Bundy at thirteen. Yeah, he's. If is it that is it for certain games or? I think so. I think so. Depending if if you have Godwin, uh, I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to put a passer at thirteen, so they'd put um, 
when they do have Bundy and Godwin, I'd say that's why they do that. I think that's why, he, and I always I wondered, but when they had Tom Farrell and Godwin, they used to play Godwin 13 and Tom Farrell at 12, who was a 13 to me all day long. Mm. But this is the way they're this is the way they're under with it because they want to and they want to utilize the pace out wide. So, like we didn't really have that huge one on porches, lightning quick. It's a fantastic result. I think it's today was the best uh, result for the pack um, I have seen here. And for next week, I, I just want them to have a right crack at it. And I think they will. I've do you not see? Do you not foresee some changes in resting players or any crack? Oh, they have to. Okay. God, yeah. God, they have to. I think Jack needs to play again. Um, uh, He's just not finding his his rhythm without being poor today. Well, I don't know. I think you need him. I need him there in in Toulouse next week. He has to start there next week. I think. I think. I don't think it would be fair on Conor Fitzgerald to start him there next week. And that, I think that's the vital thing. But at the same time, Conor Fitzgerald is able to come on and close out a game here. He, you know, he was excellent. So. I'm just, I'm really looking forward to it. There'll be lots to talk about Caelan Blade after this weekend. He's got the man in match awards. That's going to get a lot of national attention, but he played well. I know that stuff doesn't matter, but his performance was excellent. Alan will be proud of your reaction to the man in the match award. You didn't want to give anyone one, did you, Lenny? <laughs> no, actually, I was, I was looking at a pack today, and I know Caelan Blade was behind that pack, and he was doing a lot of directing. Um, I just thought the pack was immense. I thought that there were people who put their hands up and the leaders there, the, the older fellas like Tom McCartney, I thought was immense, particularly at the breakdown, every single breakdown he was there. And I, I thought, you know, the youngsters st- stood up as well who were in the second row. I thought Colby Fianga was everywhere where he needed to return be. return is such a timely one. Yeah, and I, and as I, was, I, was very, I was extremely impressed with that group of players who played not just as individuals but as a as a really bonded group. You missed earlier Alan mentioned Dominic Robertson McCoy when when Finlay Beelham is out and Robertson McCoy has had a tricky time at times a famous red card a year ago but he's coming into his own now and just when they need a tight head to step up he's done it. Yeah well look if you think going back you know Dominic has been here for a good a good number of years Ooh. now and he, he he came in you know under Pat Lamb I think it was and he really never was given that many opportunities. It was always a player who sort of was put on the bench and come on for the last ten minutes, usually, if if they needed him to come on, rather than because they wanted him. I think necessarily to come on, and you know, it seemed like he was a player who was just stagnating here. To be to be honest, I thought in, in Connaught and really never seen the best of him. But this is what happens when you get new coaches coming in and you know a new setup and you know every single player has improved so much and and people like Dominic have more room to improve than what we have here to witnessed on the pitch and I think he is one of those players who is who's really thriving. There was a series of carries in the second half. I think it was in the lead up to Blades Troy and just I, I could pick out Robertson McCoy made two big carries. Copeland had a big carry during that. Boyle had a brilliant carry but it was Alan mentioned it in last week's podcast about uh, in the midweek podcast about how many times Connacht got across the gain line in the in the first half against Leinster and compared to Leinster but in that moment there was about eight phases where Connacht got across the gain line. It's no coincidence that a strike came from it. It was, back, it was Everybody was getting across the game line. That was what surprised me most about that game. Given the amount of pounding they were getting, because I mean, it took an awful lot to you stop their boys. the breakdown the first half and a few. I think, I think what I think what we did is we didn't commit anybody to our breakdown when we had the ball, and they just went, "Oh, you're not going to do it!" Bang. <laughs> we didn't. The we didn't. Half. We we cut we cut them out. I mean, when, actually, when it was an even contest, we held our own. In occasions, we stood on top. They brought on two Duplessis, Fulgencio Udogo, 
actually three Duplessis and Fulgens and Rodrigo, and the. Uh, it didn't. We didn't buckle, and I mean, they. I mean, they ran at Jack. I mean, Caleb Timu is huge. He is incredible, and he was so effective. Very effective, but eventually we, we we tackled low, and then when we had the ball, we did seem to we scrambled well, and it wasn't just the, all the forwards scrambled well, but Godwin scrambled, Daly scrambled, Port scrambled a few times as well. Um, everybody, everybody got extra yards and gave good forward ball, and then Blady comes out and passes quickly. Now we didn't get everything right, but. Most of the time, it was quick ball off extra yardage, and they were they never really got back into shape. And finally, finishing it up here, Niall. One of the things about Champions Cup uh, I've been noticing we haven't been uh, too familiar with the five pool structure as it was in our day and six pool. Four wins can sometimes do it, you know, in getting you out to the quarterfinals. Okay. And to lose do look like they're going to be the powerhouse. It'll be a mixed end for second. Can Connick do it? Can, like leaving aside the fact that Dave would say, "Of course, it can." Can you envisage it? Can you feel there's a chance that Connick could get to a quarter final if they if they play their cards right in this pool? Yeah, 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 hundred percent. I would back Connick. Always have to beat anybody here. Okay. And on that, that's the thirteenth pool game in a row we've won in Europe, both competitions. Mm. There you go. I knew that too. <laughs> so <laughs> didn't want to say it. <laughs> um, no, but I would back Connick to beat anyone here. And we fucking owe. Gloucester one down there my god if they ever do as a team we owed one to it's Gloucester yeah it's like Narbonne with us a few years ago ah yeah but they don't have um, your man Johnny May on the wing anymore <laughs> there's, there's the opening now and if you haven't seen uh, West Awake documentary god that dressing room after that home defeat oh tough times anyways we made up for it eventually in that uh, particular campaign yeah I hear you Lindley just on that genuine I'm trying to find the right way to ask this question because of course they have a chance but can you really feel a, a really good competitive push to get to the quarterfinals out of this group despite you know considering considering all the injuries well, that's what they're here for, mm. to produce that. Mm. And if they don't produce it, you know, then they're not doing their jobs. I mean, I don't... Look, there's injuries. And I know Andy Friend said he was going to basically judge the importance of this competition or, you know, his where his ambitions were going to lie, really on a game-by-game basis and see where they are after a few games. I think they're going to go to Toulouse. I think they're going to tr- struggle extremely. Can you do it? With three home wins, yeah. it has been done, but they're probably going to have to try. It. But you can see in the last round, if you can win your three home games, where Montpellier in the final round dictates whether you have a shot of winning there. It's probably the right yeah. way to have the fixtures, isn't it? Yeah, they have been poor enough, like Montpellier. I was looking at their just their win ratio and whatever else. They have a couple of draws, but they haven't played that well, like you know. Um, That's the one I think we might be able to win if we did win our three home games. We, yeah, we could sneak it over there. I mean. To lose. Nobody else is going to win in Toulouse. Toulouse winning against Gloucester is good for Connick. One team driving on is not a bad thing. Yeah, I think Toulouse will win all their games in all honesty the way they're playing, which then... Which then means we lose a home game. Well, we might do, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I guess, Dave, the point is, be competitive, get another win against Gloucester, and no matter what, then you're going into January with a chance. Yeah, and uh, of course Montpellier drew Toulouse in Toulouse last week. So, um, you know... It's, everybody's beatable on their day um, no I think if you, you've got to go there believing you can win and why not go and win go for the win and if you lose you haven't lost you're not out of the pool yeah. so go for it go, do as much as you can go with it with a winning mentality believe me if we'd gone into that having lost last week and lost to, to this week we would be in a much worse place but you go up with positivity yeah there are injuries and maybe Buckley may not start this week because he played 80 minutes this week but you go over there thinking, lads, we've nothing to lose here. Let's give it socks. And who knows? We might. We we didn't. We were in a worse position when we went there before and we won. They were. Yeah. They were. They were that time. They were in a 
seriously bad position. They, they are playing fabulous rugby, Dave, at the oh, minute. They are, uh, they are amazing. I, Did, I, I, I understand what you're saying, and I agree with it to a certain point, but I wouldn't risk, I wouldn't risk anyone there next week, anyone who's borderline and fit or anything like that. I wouldn't risk anyone. But the problem with that is with so many injuries as it is, you're going to have to risk a couple yeah, of people. But, but not all the injuries are long-term. Those two players coming in on the plane, though, so we're sound. Yeah, so you've got oh, Quinn Roo. Quinn Roo should be back in two or three weeks' time, so he could be back for one of the Gloucester games, if not both of them. So you're looking at a possibility of some guys will be coming back. They're not all long-term. We don't do that as much anymore. Here. No, no, so there's a couple of things. Firstly, half and half scarves, no, no, no. Half and half scarves, no. Okay. And dear BT Sport, um, it doesn't rain in Galway all the time. A typical West of Ireland welcome can include days like today, and there hasn't been a slope on the pitch for about 10 years. <laughs> I feel like that's enough. Go on. And keep the level of the noise down, the, the PA system. Got it almost right today, but at the start of the, the thing, when it came on first, everybody in the clan stand hunkered down when the noise started because it was just so loud. The crowd can create their own atmosphere. It doesn't need to be helped along by the PA. And they did at the end. The Fields of Rat and Rye were down below us there, buzzing away. The crowd were into it. It was a cracking day. And like Alan said, people were swept along by the end. I love those games that finish with six or seven rocks and kick it out. Oh, yeah. No, all good. Uh, mine, uh, just all the clubs. Well, Bar Balna. Uh, all the kind of clubs had good wins in the AIL mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, well, because Galwegians were playing Balna. So <laughs> one of them had to... Well, they could have drawn, I suppose. Um, but, uh, you know, the, that's good. It's yeah. good stuff, yeah. Do you know, there's some, and just uh, also, while, while you come back to me, uh, for years the AIL has just been properly just left behind in terms of uh, media coverage. And I just feel the IRFU are doing a better job this year. Some of their features, their little five minute videos, I watched one on Sunday as well yesterday, they're excellent. It's just a, it's an area I know very well, obviously, from my knock on days. And it's something that I would have been very frustrated with when we finished. But I do you think they're getting better at showcasing that competition? Absolutely. And uh, absolutely to say this, Pride of Place has to go to Sligo, uh, went away to the league leaders and beat them by a point. So anybody that beats Greystones up there are going well. Wow, two Sligo players on the field today, two Mayo players on the field today, two Galway players and two Roscommon players uh, in or around the squad today. So that is uh, super. All right, that's it from us. Connacht 23, Montpellier 20. And Apoc Durad. Oh. Oh. Well, oh, they beat the boys from out the road in the Neil. Well, I suppose I wanted, obviously, my local friends to win, but so be it. Well done, Luke Durad. Onwards to the All-Ireland final. Cut it loose Break out Or nothing changes Sad